Welcome to Real Herbalism Radio, show 267, recorded at Big Dog Studios in Eugene, Oregon. This show is made possible by Ace High Graphics. We can help you get exactly the right custom-designed hats, t-shirts, sweatshirts, and bags, all made to order. Ace High Graphics can help you unite your team for in-person or virtual gatherings. Get your quote at acehighgraphics.com. TheRealHerbMarket.com. Are you looking for a store that specializes in herbal products for health, beauty, your home, and even magic? TheRealHerbMarket.com is that store. Now here are your hosts. I'm Candace Hunter. I'm Patrick Hunter. And, and welcome, welcome to, to Real, Real Herbalism, Herbalism Radio. Radio. Hey, I hate ticks, and we're almost in that season where they're going to be out. I hate them. Yeah, they are, they are technically, it's tick season. It's definitely well above 20, 28 degrees. When she said that, I like, there is oh. no safe place. There is no safe place. I was really glad that we took the time to talk to Alexis Chesney. I'm really, really glad to have the information. Mm -hmm. I'm also disheartened sometimes in the garden when I'm looking at it and thinking, how on earth am I ever going to get this under control? And how am I going to make sure that ticks don't invade? I mean, the bindweed's invading and the blackberry's invading and the mice have invaded. <laughs> ticks for our yard, for our house, haven't been too bad where we live. Yes, we're fortunate because we live in the city. There's been far fewer incidences of ticks. Right. And I, our dog doesn't typically pick them up here. Right. Um, and I haven't seen a lot of that here. That's not to say that when I've gone camping oh, locally yeah. that I haven't yeah. seen a couple. Um, but nothing like it was in the Midwest, in upper Midwest where we came from. Yeah. That was ticks central. And I think oh, yeah. it's they yeah. come back because there of the Arctic cold. In, there was a spot in the parking lot. Oh. The parking lot. Yeah, no. Inside I, of one of our houses. The, the parking lot. <laughs> oh, no. it's yeah. I, it's I, and I don't know if it's just the the species of that tick. You know, the thing was yeah. like, it's a pretty common one. That was one. a deer tick. No, no, no. Deer ticks are tiny. This is that oh. flat Dog brown, tick or whatever. Yeah. yeah, dog tick or whatever. That that's a very common one. Yeah. Um, I I've never thick deer ticks are so small that you don't even know that you got them half the time. Right. Right. You know? Yeah. But I just, just remember that, deer ticks was the big conversation back then. Oh yeah, because they were the ones that would you know were the carriers yeah. of Lyme disease, and yeah. since they were so small, it was hard to check. So you had to make sure that you know we came in from the outdoors. They were doing a full on check, um, and I don't. I just. That I don't miss, yeah. <laughs> I have you know, to be honest. I, I wanted to talk to Alexis again this year because last year we we talked to her, but COVID was just beginning to take our nation and the world over. Right. And I you know heard Alexis talking and I heard a few areas, a few you know, medias and places talking a little bit about ticks and tick prevention, but really the, the disease or the virus took over everything and everybody was focused on that. And now here we are a year later and people know about masks and social distancing and all of that and well, the, vaccines are coming out. Yeah. And, and, there's, and there's states that have opened up. I mean, yeah, it's, yeah, things, things are opening and all of that. And, and I wanted us to remember to pay attention it's the covid isn't the only 
potentially deadly and definitely unpleasant challenge that we face out in the world. And it has definitely created a lot more weakness in our immune systems or is highlighting the weakness in our immune systems. One of the things that Alexis talked about this time and when we first spoke with her was about how taking care of your immune system is important. That's an important piece of preventing yourself from getting Lyme disease or honestly COVID or, you know, allergies. Anything really. Yeah. And and I think we would be wise to really, you know, spend some time thinking about that. And don't just think of it from the COVID virus perspective, but, you know, ticks and mosquitoes carry diseases that we should be aware of and we can protect against as well. Yeah. And like she said, I mean, it's it's as simple as making sure that you're eating a good diet, anti-inflammatory, you know, taking care of your health reasonably. Yeah, eating the, I mean, it's the thing that, that everyone knows to do, but doesn't, they don't do it because it's, you know, it That's just hard. is. Um, it's, it's anti-culture. Well, it's counterculture to eat a healthy diet. <laughs> Isn't it though? Um, but keeping your systems in check will only help you in your in your defense of uh, invading bodies. You know whether that's yeah. you know from a tick bite, the saliva of a tick, or you know the the water droplets or whatever aerosol from someone that's infected with COVID to you know mosquito can eat, you know carrying a disease. You know mm-hmm. it's it's yeah. The first line of defense is is you and your your system, and yeah. you know oftentimes no one ever wants to blame uh, the person. You know, you right. caught it; it's you know not your fault. But in a way, the reality is it might be. You know, if you're not doing the things, you know, I don't want this to be preachy, but if you're not doing the things that keeps a healthy um, uh, immune system, you're just your odds have just dramatically reduced. Uh, reduced. It's right. it's like knowing if right. heart disease runs in your family and you decide that, well, I'm going to smoke, I'm going to drink, and I'm going to eat saturated fats left and right, and then be surprised when you have a heart attack. Right. Yeah, I have, I face allergies every year. I have seasonal allergies. They show up every year, and there isn't really too many places, even in the desert, I have allergies because people like to plant grass. Mm-hmm. even in the desert, and they'll spend gobs of money watering their grass and taking care of it, and it'll pollinate. And when it does, that's what triggers allergies for me. So I'm thinking about my immune system as we head into you know grass season. And, and I honestly, I think about it year-round because what I've noticed is that taking care of my health after the allergy season is done and through the rest of the year is sets me up for more success during the allergy season. So when for me, what's really happening with allergies is that my body's overreacting to overstimulation from foreign particles and invading as my immune system is thinking about it. And part of that happens because my immune system is a little bit weakened or a little bit stressed out, which is because my whole body's a little bit stressed out. And, you know, it's partly my diet and it's partly my lifestyle. And I don't feel like I do a terrible job of taking care of myself. You know, I feel like I eat a clean diet, but then again, everybody feels like they've got a pretty clean lifestyle. Everybody, 
I've ever spoken to thinks they eat a pretty good diet, thinks they've got a reasonably healthy lifestyle. And we all still, you know, I, as well as many other people, still have problems. It's so, kind of like when, when someone says, you know, you watch too, too much TV and, and suddenly they're a, well, I just, you know, it's public TV. It's, you know. Yeah. Oh, sure exactly. it is. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. All that milk I'm drinking is, you know, organic. Right. But it's still dairy fat. Dairy fat is dampening to the system and that can cause stress on the system, you know. And for someone like me who's already got a damp system, maybe I don't need more of that. I think, you know, we believe, and this is my opinion, of course, is that we believe that we can eat any and all types of foods because we're people and we're omnivores. Yeah. And, and, and by definition, sure, we can do that. Yeah. Uh, but I would say that there are body types and some food is good for you and some yeah. is probably not so good. So to know what those are to, you know, lay off. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I mean, I have friends for whom dairy is actually really quite helpful. They have much drier constitutions mm -hmm. and dairy is very nurturing well, to them. Even between the two, you know, you and I, yeah. you need oil. For some reason, oh, you, yeah. you... I need a you, lot of oil in my diet. Healthy fats, but I need right, a lot like, of fats. Yeah, but... And if I do that, it's, it's oh, very bad. It's awful for me. Yeah. Um, I can't yeah. even begin to to say how awful I feel when I even come close to <laughs> consuming <laughs> the oil fat. that you do right. uh, at all. Yeah. And on the other hand, if I try to eat even a quarter of the amount of carbohydrate style energy foods you eat, I, that's no good for me. Right. It, it makes my body just grind to a halt. It's awful. And yeah. then I get cranky and it's, it's bad. So, you know, even though when people see us together, we look pretty similar in body type and shape. Right. We're really not. Nope. You know? <laughs> so there isn't a one size fits all. You can't say, oh, we'll take these three herbs and your immune system's going to be great. I mean, we can say broad classes of herbs. There are immune stimulants and immune builders. Like astragalus tends to be a good herb for like everybody. Right. Um, and then we can say things like, you know, I don't know. Like I said, astragalus, it's my good example. Echinacea is another good, you know, good immune herb. For some people, it works great. For other people, it really isn't very helpful. One of the treasures Boston's North Shore boasts is Palmer Pond Botanicals and herbalist Rebecca Ingalls. Rebecca cultivates and collects the best herbals, then transforms them into artisan plant-based products loved far and wide. Palmer Pond Botanicals is especially known for Rebecca's luxurious herbal facials. If you're looking for self-care on par with Beyonce and her besties, stop by Palmer Pond Botanicals at therealherbmarket.com. You won't be disappointed. Click on the Real Herb Market slash shop slash Palmer Botanicals today. You know, the thing is, is that if you don't, if you do keep a good, good diet and you do have a good immune system, great. That doesn't necessarily keep the ticks at bay. It just makes sure that if you do get a bite that maybe you won't come down with something. Um, she may, and one of the reasons why we wanted her back was because like you said, more and more people are going to be out this year. And, you know, as you were thinking about your garden projects this year and your, your landscaping and and if you were to kind of do a tick assessment for your yard, you know, what do ticks like? When is yeah. and is there anything in your yard that would foster that uh, environment for them? 
And if they, if it is, maybe it's time to either disassemble or remove or move away. You know, like yeah, if you have a wood pile that you use for summer bonfires and you only use it in summer bonfires, consider having a much smaller pile that you use and then you get a new one versus yeah. having a cord of wood sitting there. Right. Yeah. Um, Instead of having one large pile, maybe have, if you need to have a large pile, have it as far away, away from, from your home as, as possible. possible and then have just a tiny amount, the amount you know, you're going to use today and tomorrow as your small near the bonfire, the fire pit area. Right. Right. It's like maybe have four or five, you know, logs or whatever you're going to use, but, or, or just bring it over when you're going to have a, have a fire that night instead of having this huge wood pile next to your fireplace, which is usually next to your patio, which is next to your house. Right. So suddenly you've got this, you know, tick magnet right there, Right. you know, um, leaves. If you, if you have deciduous trees and you, you have lots of leaves that have fallen, Turn them in. Turn them in. You, you know, know like so either turn your soil over so that that way they're being covered and they're being well, you know, or or again, or make sure that in the fall you've 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 discarded them properly. You know, put them yeah. in mulch piles. You've you've mulch moved them, them off to yeah, mulch them with plants. Turn them in the next year or right. remove them entirely. Right, like in our area, the, we have a lot of community gardens, and the when the city goes by and they sweep up all the leaves, they dump those leaves in the community garden areas in the late fall. Yeah, and then those the gardeners then we use them to cover um, their areas, or they'll just compost together so they're yeah. ready for the next year. Um, so that's a that's another way. So you know, getting rid of your leaves, getting rid of your wood piles, um, any of those types of attractants. You know, she talked about that tick tube, which was a yeah. kind of a way to attract ticks and like make a really nice house for them. Yeah. Once they get in there, then you can toss it. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> you know. Yeah. So yeah, I thought that was a really good idea. I'm not always keen on things that are include chemicals, but I will admit that we have a, a pest service fellow that comes and the stuff. I think that promethrin pro, promethrin is one of the ones that he's spraying, if I remember correctly, and he puts that on strategic areas, you know, the foundation of the house. Yeah, it's really about just making sure that the area right where that's close will will be as clean and safe from these things as possible. And it was hard for me the first year that I did it to make the choice to do that, but I'm glad that I did because I don't want anyone in my family to get Lyme disease. Mm-hmm. I don't want to see bugs that don't belong in my home crawling about in my home. And so taking the taking part of the wisdom of the herbalist is in recognizing when Herbs have done all they can, and it's time to go to a more chemical way of doing things, like getting the COVID vaccine. That that's that's a point where getting a vaccination. That's obviously that's not a herbal thing. That's not plant based at all. Mm-hmm. But it's still not a bad choice. It's a very good choice for a vast majority of us. And you know why why would you say it's okay to get a vaccine, but it's not okay to protect my home with the chemical thing? from ticks, which could create Lyme disease in Mm -hmm. my family, which is forever. You know, COVID's also potentially forever. Let's think about this, you know. So to me, it made sense to use that chemical strategically. Yeah. I mean, you know, she talked about um, 
you know, tucking. You know, she has a promethrin blanket. Yeah, I thought that know. was really fun. Her <laughs> like, ah. Yeah. Um, you know. But it is, I mean, it's smart. When we were, when we used to go camping in uh, the Boundary Waters area of Minnesota, I used to, we would, you know, take the DEET spray mm-hmm. because honestly, there is no natural anything that's going to stop those mosquitoes. There's just no. so many of them. Mm-hmm. You know, it's not like a like little lake party in the city. Yeah. <laughs> so... But when I used it, I avoided putting it on my skin as much as possible. So spraying the brim of my hat, covering my shoes and socks, you know, putting it on my clothing, wearing long sleeves, no matter how hot it was, so that the DEET could be on the sleeves and not on my arms. Well, especially, especially in the evening, early yeah. morning, you know, yeah. during the day, it usually wasn't much of an issue. But yeah, you're right. I mean, at night and dusk, uh, covering up. Mm-hmm. And uh, you know, I remember you spraying your hat once and I'm like, what are you doing? And then you're like, well, I did it. And it actually worked. I mean, you didn't have a lot of problems with ticks near your face, excuse me, mosquitoes near your face. Yeah. yeah. Um, it tended to chase away both the mosquitoes and the gnats would not bother my face. Right. So. I mean, I always got the, I never got the tick bites on my surface of my hands. And, uh, you know, I, I always would spray the back of my hands. Yeah. So, um, you know, DEET is good against ticks as well. Uh, yeah. So rolling up your... Your socks and your or your pants and your socks, or whatever, and, and spraying that all down. Yeah, um, you have to because if you don't, you'll walk out of the woods and they the ticks will be the mosquito bites will be thick. Yeah, and and the and the ticks would be embedded in be, your shoes, like in the yeah. flaps of your shoes. They like yeah. get in there and then they just they just wait. Yeah, they wait and then in the middle of the night. In the middle of the night, they it's creep like out. Some kind and, of like yeah. creepy alien movie. Well, <laughs> if you ever see if you ever see a tick's mouth it ma- is, magnified it is it is you just like okay I'm out I'm just yeah. I'm out it's why so, are you here yeah you know it's scary it's a barbed spear it's it's ugh yeah. gross so yeah I mean from a really intelligent modern herbal perspective it makes sense to mix your modalities and to be strategic about all of it Mm-hmm. I use a lot of herbs, like she said. I mean, I use a lot of herbs to build my immune system each year. I use a lot of herbs and, and just healthy foods, you know, medicinal foods all year round to make my body as strong as I can and, and to stay as healthy as I can. Right. And I think that's, you know, that's part of what the herbs can do for us. We may not be able, we, we can use herbs and essential oils to help discourage rodents and and ticks as well as mosquitoes and any other critters that we don't want around we might want to be strategic about using some of the chemical options we have too because they're there and we can and that's a case where the prevention is probably safer and, and much better than the disease itself so it's worth it to do it yeah i i don't know anybody personally i don't think that that has had lyme disease um but i've heard enough stories about it that i don't yeah i've known a few people who have been diagnosed with lyme disease through the years and it's for the most part when that's happened the people i've known that have had that happen they didn't end up with the ultra debilitating you'll never work again Mm -hmm. version of it but it was rather unpleasant for them and they had to make huge changes in how they lived their lives. 
And a lot of times it meant things like, well, now all the gluten foods are out of my diet because I found that that makes it worse. I think, you know, or I've found that I, you know, a lot of them have, have talked about things like I, they need more rest. They have to make space for naps during the day. They never used to. They can only do two thirds of what they once did in any given day because, you know, they right. just don't have the, the energy to get through it. And, you know, that's hard. Well, <laughs> that's really tough. Yeah, no, totally. I get that. So one of the things that I've been thinking about since talking to um, Alexis, besides, you know, immune support was just that it's spring and just like it's time to be clearing our gardens and making, you know, removing the areas and the things that places that, you know, ticks and other critters, you know, mice and rodents can, mm -hmm. can har be harbored or whatever. It's also good to do that in our own bodies. So now is a good time to look at kind of clearing the internal debris as it were doing sort of like a spring cleanse, spring cleaning of your body as well. Oh. You know. So what do you mean? <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, it, the, a cleanse can, there's such a broad category of what cleanses are. It can be as simple as just saying, oh, for a week I'm going to eat only fresh vegetables. Nothing canned, nothing frozen. It's okay for them to be cooked. Cooked or raw is fine, but it's all vegetables. And, you know, maybe I'll include some light proteins like some lentils or some rices. I'll just do that right. for a week to let my body have it less work for digestion and more focus on letting, you know, the organs of elimination, as it were, do their job, get moving. Mm -hmm. um, it can look like doing some fasting or intermittent fasting. I mean, intermittent fasting is a pretty surprisingly powerful and easy if you will way to do cleansing yeah it is i mean it, a lot of people do that it's um easy to accomplish for many because i mean if you do it right most of the day you're sleeping yeah most of the most, most of the, of the your, 24 your cycle hour cycle. Is you're sleeping yeah so yeah. if you do it right um a lot of people do a um 16 8 so what tell tell me what that would look like um for a 16 8 uh or an 8 8 8 just depends. Um, so it's sixteen, no food for sixteen hours. For 16 you don't hours, eat. Yeah. So, so starting like at eight o'clock at night, you don't eat until noon the next day. That's your that's your fast. So you have sixteen. Okay, hour so you're fast. skipping breakfast essentially, and no, making sure you yeah. don't eat too late of a, di a dinner, like no midnight snacking. Yeah, there's no snacking. There's TV no snacks. anything after eight o'clock. That's it. And then from there, so you eat that. So you're so you're on fast time until noon the next day or the noon the next you know but you can still have water you can oh, yeah. still have tea you can have water and tea but you're not gonna um but no, no milk in the tea you're not gonna have sugar in the tea you're not yeah. gonna have so if you you know if you're gonna have a medicinal tea that's fine yeah that's um, a, actually a really good time to have your rook beer for instance or your your cleansing teas right well yeah. yeah if you're if you're if you're going for uh adding those things into your into your cleanses or your your fasting absolutely that is the right time to do it and then at from noon until eight you can essentially the idea is that you can kind of eat what you want 
within reason. Moder- with, what you with, want, when you want. Yeah, yeah. but within moderation. I mean, yeah. you're not going to be in a, go on an eight-hour gorge. So, and you, know. you probably shouldn't be like, all right, it's my eating time. I'm going to run to Applebee's and spend my entire right. you know, you know, day you're, eating you're at day Applebee's. Eating, or you're going to have ice cream. I'm not saying you can't have that. I'm just right. saying that you wouldn't just go nuts and, and you know, because that's not the point of this. Right. Yeah. Uh, and then so you, you do that for a, a, a period of time. Some people do it. Some people live that way. They've just decided that's their thing. Yeah, yeah, and and other people think, well, I'm going to do that for a couple of weeks. Uh, other people like the you know the the triple eight, you know eight eight what eight. Is eight eight eight. What so is eight, it's eight on, eight off, eight on. It's an alternate thing that you can do. So so that would mean sometimes you're eating in the middle of the night. That's confusing to me. I I do. I'm not doing it. It's just very confusing. <laughs> I'm not doing it. Um, you know so. Intermittent fasting, find the program that works for you. Make Again, make sure to, you know, if you have any underlying medical conditions before you decide yeah, to do yeah. anything like this, right? Um, go, go go ask somebody that knows something. Go ask your care provider, your yeah. physician well, and or whatever. Even, even deciding to take herbs like nettle or oats or cleavers or, you know, any of the other herbs that are good cleansing herbs, if you're on medication, you'll want to think about that. Consult with your doctor's pharmacist and or herbalist to see if that medication is going to be adversely affected by the cleansing herbs. Yes. Um, Especially if you are taking uh, medicine for blood thinning or thickening or, you know, mental um, stability, whatever you're might be taking, there are contra. Is that these contra? They're contraindicated. It means they're there. It's suggested you don't take these herbs and these medicines at the same time. Yeah. I mean, it's like alcohol is usually not recommended to be taken with almost any. With most everything. Yeah. yeah. So that would be contra. uh, You wouldn't use alcohol. Um, The same thing with herbs. I mean, you think, oh, there's. Like nettle is so great for you. However. Nettle does improve how well your liver detoxifies and some medicines require your liver to go slower to be at whatever level. So the level of your medicine might need to be adjusted up a little bit to compensate for the fact that while you're on nettle, your liver is working more efficiently. So Mm -hmm. that would be like an explanation of why nettle and certain pharmaceuticals might not mix well. Right. Um, it's not that you can't do that. It's that you'll want to talk with your doctor and have your levels checked on those types of medicines. Very important to know what you're dealing with. If your doctor doesn't know um, and just says blanket, no, you can't. You might want to consult with a pharmacist. Consult with a pharmacist. They will answer those questions because they are trained to know those things. And they should understand how the chemistry works right. for that. Because, yeah. you know, sometimes when you talk to physicians, and this isn't anything uh, hit on physicians, they just don't know all the nutritive parts of things and how they work. They just, you know, they sometimes are very black and white in their... Um, yeah. Yeah, uh, I've had doctors say, don't take herbs. And I say, well, does that mean I can't have basil or oregano? And they say, well, yeah, of course you can have those. Well, where's the line? Mm-hmm. And they really don't know. And they I mean, don't know. They just don't, they have, just, yeah. they don't have the time for the training. Yeah, I, I understand. And, and again, it's it's not a, it's just like anything else. It's a, it, if you are not interested in that spec or, or or part of medicine, you won't go after it. Just like if you're an auto mechanic and you're not interested in we're learning about electric cars to fix them, 
then it's just not what you're going to be doing. Right. Right. Yeah. So it's just what it is. We need we need we need specialists in many modalities, and sometimes the doctor is not going to be a one size fits all deal. So you're going to need a team. Right. Which may need to include a pharmacist and or an herbalist or both. The other thing I'll just say on all of that is, you know, most people have ailments and situations that are really common to the average physician. Yeah. You know, it's just like, I'll just bring it back to the car thing. Most mechanics have seen the problem in your car before. They yeah. know immediately what that problem is because yeah. they've seen it a million times before. Um, so they that's know what why, it looks like when the brakes are right. getting so soft. They know when what that you walk, means. Yeah, when you walk in and you say, uh, Doc, Doc, I've got this, this, and this. And they're thinking in their their head, flow chart, flow chart, flow chart. Ah, I bet you it's this. Let's do this test, make sure, and there you go. Yeah. Uh, because they they know how to do that. They've seen it. Because most of the time when we go into the doctor's office and we have an ailment, we're not a snowflake. Most of us are not that um, unique. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> There's been 30 people this month that have come in for that because it's, wait, we're in blue season or whatever season it is. Or, or we come you know, from the same culture and we all tend to eat the same kind same of diet stuff, and have right? had the same similar experiences. Exactly. And, so, yeah, yeah, we're not snowflakes and we don't have a unique, you know, um, med, uh, thing that's going to appear in the Lancet. It's gonna, yeah. it's, we probably got something that's been seen before. Um, so that means that so that also means that most care providers are going to go right down that flow chart and not really think about um, well maybe this could be um, helped with dandelion or nettle or even oregano right. you know right. they're going to think about these other things that they already know is going to work because they want to right. be they want to treat you so that you're that you're good to go that's part of I think why. Doctors like Alexis Chesney are so important to us because she specializes on Lyme disease in right. an area where it is a very prevalent thing. Yes. And the other doctors who are not specialists won't have all the tools that she has to help people mm -hmm. navigate those waters. And yes, it's a very common thing in their area, you know, in that the broad geographical area. Mm -hmm. Lyme disease is pretty darn common for them. It oh, yeah. may not happen to be as common where I live, so maybe someone who specializes in Lyme disease would be a little have a harder time building a good practice. But I think but you bring up a good point about regionalism when it comes to medical care. Yeah. For instance, you know, as you were talking, I was thinking, well, what, what's what's interesting here? Mold is a big one here. Yeah, mold and allergies relating to molds and certain types of plants, you know, are, are really big in the Pacific Northwest. So yeah, that's these are things we didn't encounter in the Midwest as much. Yeah. Right. Right. And then in the South, there'll be a whole other... It's a whole other set. ...set of things that... I mean, they got things they, like chiggers. Oh, my God. Right. <laughs> like, like, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, so those local care providers are going to know that. Yeah. Like, if I went down there and swam and had this thing, massive thing happen, I'd walk in and they'd look at me like, oh, chiggers. Yeah. 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 <laughs> and I'm thinking, I'm dying. I have this rash. And they're like, oh, that's just My chiggers. whole body is swollen. Why? Yeah, exactly. And they'll mm -hmm. take this. See ya. Yeah, you know. wait it out. I don't. I don't or, actually or they, know what the right treatments or, are for triggers. Or, or, or they would say, "You went swimming in that lake, didn't you?" Yeah. <laughs> you know, like yeah. <laughs> so, anyway, there's a reason why it's called Lake Jigga. Yeah. Right. <laughs> so, <gasps> so you do what you can to prevent ticks as much as you can. If you can't prevent them, there are chemicals that will help to keep them off your body. Um, if you do get them on your body and you do get sick. 
or, or you do get them on your body, try to prevent them from being able to get you sick by having a good immune system. Yeah. Your three-pronged approach to yep. tick prevention or Lyme disease prevention is make sure your clothing is clothing and other things that you might put on your body are treated as much as possible. Make sure your yard is as clean. You know, you're, you're aware of your surroundings. Mm-hmm. And make sure that you're taking good care of your body all year round so that that way you're in so a better if shape. it does happen, yeah. you may not get sick. Yeah. Anyway. So with that, I guess, <laughs> put, put an, an herb, herb on it. it. The statements made about herbs and products on this podcast have not been evaluated by the United States Food and Drug Administration, FDA. They're not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent disease. All information provided on this podcast or any affiliated websites is for informational purposes only and is not intended as a substitute for advice from your physician or other healthcare professional. You should not use the information on this podcast and its affiliated websites for a diagnosis or treatment of any health problem. Always consult with healthcare professional before starting any new vitamins, supplements, diet, or exercise program before taking any medication or if you have or suspect you might have a health problem. Any testimonials, questions or case studies are based on individual results and do not constitute a guarantee that you will achieve the same results.